Hello, people. Welcome to Penal Code 423, where Gen Z Christians from Students for Life Group talk about serious stuff, funny stuff, random stuff, and honestly, everything in between. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and... I'm Elizabeth. What up, fam? That was weird. <laughs> hey, did you guys like the intro? That I'm, was weird. <laughs> I'm, okay, I've been working on the intro. I'm not kidding. I'm like, we're going to actually make this Just work. some practice in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. Before she goes to bed. <laughs> I actually did practice that, like, a couple weeks ago. I'm just, like, <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, <laughs> so I have an icebreaker question for you. Um, what was your middle school book series, Elizabeth? Ooh, my middle school book series was, was Percy Jackson. Oh, my gosh. That was I, <laughs> I actually had a crush on him. I had a crush on Leo Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> the second yes. series. Oh, my gosh, Leo. My brother hated Leo, but I Wait, loved really? Him. Yeah, I thought Jason was weird. He was kind of like the perfect guy that nobody yeah. likes because like he's the too son perfect. of Zeus. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will always love Seaweed Brain forever. Yeah, so. honestly, like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Now I'm now I'm reminiscing middle school. I know, right? I think I read. Yeah, I read like Maze Runner and then like the Divergent. I've heard so series. many good things about Maze Runner. You haven't read it? No, I haven't. Have you read Divergent? Yes, Divergent. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias. <laughs> so okay, maybe. Well, I did. I think I read. I think I read Divergent like freshman year, maybe like eighth grade summer. So okay. technically, not middle school, but I I was obsessed with Divergent. Okay. Maybe maybe Percy Jackson and Divergent. <laughs> and also, okay, I'm still. I was talking to. Who was I talking to about this? Oh, okay. I was talking about how one of my favorite series was uh-huh. Spirit Animals. The first book by Brandon Mole. Uh, like, they was, like, a, a whole bunch of authors collab. Yeah. No one liked that series. I've never met anyone who likes Spirit that series. Animals. Yeah, it's the... I think I have them somewhere on my shelf. I don't know. Paintings are covering my whole shelf, so I can't see. Anyway, that was, like... Oh, I love those series. Um, anyway, good to know. Good to know. Now I'm gonna... Oh, did you hear about the new Percy Jackson... Um, TV series it's coming out like really soon heck no i'm not watching it i'm not watching it but like did you have the movies sucked oh my gosh oh, why did so why bad. did she have brown hair oh my god wasn't her entire personality based on her her, hair? her whole personality changed was like changed it, everything was messed up Ugh. you could i could we could have a whole podcast about how percy jackson movies were messed up yeah i might get a little bit triggered i should probably move on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, we actually wanted to talk to you guys today about, um, um, I was going to say first numbers, no, numbers five, five. 11 through 31. So, um, we actually were talking about this at our last meeting. Um, you brought it up, Mm -hmm. you showed us this video and it was just, this guy was very like, it was eh, it was just a mess. It was like stop, please. He's he like was like your average. I love women so much, but he didn't. Yeah. He was just trying to get the Christians <laughs> totally back. just like getting like social media. Yeah. Like, how come people never told you this? God's pro abortion. They never showed you this in your own Bible. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> anyway, so that video was like two minutes long and repeated himself like or he'd at say least that, once. Like the Bible is like patriarchal, and he's like, yeah. of course it is. You know, yeah, like, oh, like of well, course the men are doing this. Like, <laughs> duh. Um, and so. uh, anyway, so we found a shorter version of this like argument oh, for abortion. Oh, this lesbian pastor. Yeah, that's Damn. that's like a um, what's it called when like two words don't make sense together? An oxymoron. Yeah, a lesbian Jocelyn. pastor. <laughs> like, 
on. She in oh, some of her pastor. videos, she has like this little picture of these two girls like making out in the Ooh, back, gross. and I was like, "Girlfriend, what you doing?" <laughs> Please don't make me imagine that. I might throw up. No, just look. It's in one of her videos. I'll show it to you later. Uh, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're gonna play the audio for this. It might be a little confusing, and it's in a um, it's a, a compilation. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just gonna play this one part, and then we'll break it down after it's done. Yeah, and talk about why it's so messed up. Okay, boom. How can, what does the Bible say about abortion? Part 2, Numbers 5, 11 through 31. Now both the Exodus and the Numbers passage are talking about laws and rituals that govern life and community more than about individual stories. Basic assumptions. Polygamous marriage. One man, many women. Men can have multiple sexual partners. Women can have one male sexual partner. Women are seen as property. This ritual is wild. It's about jealousy. If a man suspects that his wife has had sex with another man... He can take her to the priest, even if he has no proof. Lots of red flags, super abusive. The priest makes a potion out of dust, water, and ink and forces the woman to drink it. If she's guilty, the potion will cause an abortion and she will be cursed. If she's innocent, she can remain able to conceive and get pregnant. This is super problematic and patriarchal. I don't condone it. But if you try to use the Bible to say that God opposes abortion at all times, in all places, for all people, that is simply not true. Remember, everyone should be free from shame, judgment, or stigma for their reproductive decisions. The Bible says- okay, and so that's the audio. Obviously, listening to that, that's a um, like a, a brain dump argument. Like, it just tells you all the things all at once, and you're like, here you go. She doesn't even read the passage. Um, she does I don't think they even... Do they make it with ink? I think it's just dust and water. Yeah, I thought it was just... Well, we can read we, it we'll right read now. read it, yeah. So, a lot of people get confused uh, about this passage, and I completely understand because it's very... Um, it's kind of confusing. It's like, what's going on here? Um, so, again, it's Numbers 5, 11 through 31. Turn into your Bibles if you got them. I have my ESV, and she has on her phone an NIV. The NIV is the one that can most commonly be misinterpreted as an abortion you can read it Alrighty, be warned i'm not the best at reading out loud but i will do my best to to um execute this and this one's niv this is niv yeah okay here we go starting at verse 11 then the lord said to moses speak to the israelites and say to them if a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him so that another man has had sexual relations with her and this is hidden from her husband and her impurity is undetected since there is no witness against her and she has not been caught in the act, and if feelings of jealousy come over her husband and he suspects his wife and sh- and that she is impure, or if he is jealous and suspects that even suspects even though she is not impure, then he is to take his wife to the priest. He must take an offering, a tenth of some kind of thing, ifa or something, of barley flour on her behalf. He must not pour olive oil on it or put incense incense on it because it is a great offering for jealousy a reminder offering to draw attention to wrongdoing the priest shall bring her and have her stand before the lord then he is to take some holy water from in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor onto into the water after the priest has had the woman stand before the lord he shall loosen her hair and place in her hands the remind the reminder offering the grain offering for jealousy while he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Then the priest shall put a woman under oath and say to her, If no other man has had sexual relations with you, and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water bring 
that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have made yourself impure by having sexual relations with a man other than your husband, here the priest is to put the woman under this curse. May the Lord cause you to become a curse among your people when he makes your womb miscarry and your abdomen swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells or your womb miscarries. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. The priest is to write these curses on a scroll and then wash them off and then wash them into the bitter water. He shall take the wo he shall make the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse, and this water that brings a curse and causes bitter suffering will enter her. The priest is to take from her hands the grain offering for jealousy, wave it before the Lord, and bring it to the altar. The priest is then to take a handful of the grain offering as a memorial offering and burn it on the altar. After that, he is to have the woman drink the water. If she has made herself impure and has been unfaithful to her husband, this will be the result. When she is made to drink the water that brings a curse and causes bitter suffering, it will enter her abdomen, it will swell, and her womb will miscarry, and she will become a curse. If, however, the woman has not made herself impure but is clean, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. This, then, is the law of jealousy when a, man, when a woman goes astray and makes herself impure while married to her husband, or when feelings of jealousy come over a man because he suspects his wife. The priest is to have her stand before the Lord and is to apply this entire law to her. The husband will be innocent of any wrongdoing, but the woman will bear the consequences of her sin. Mm. And you hear that and you're just like, what is going on here? Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, and like the first time I heard that, I was like, wait, what? I remember I was talking to my dad about this. I'm like, so what's going on? Mm -hmm. What is this? Um, so the way that this is often posed in a lot of, um, pro-abortion, like, circles or progressive Christian, like, anything, people will say, the situation is, a guy is jealous because he thinks she may have committed adultery, and so he forces her in front of the priest, and then makes her drink this thing that'll give her an abortion. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people interpret it as. Although, if you read the passage, feel free to pause and just focus and figure out what's going on um but if you read it um it doesn't exactly say that something that i didn't figure out until the last time around mm -hmm. like um it says that the man offers a grain offering for jealousy it's because he's jealous right so i have to study that more but i think is that like a sinful thing he he i'm not really sure what's going on like there he needs repent jealousy so yeah Maybe. that could be what's going on yeah um but I think the main point that people forget is it doesn't say she's pregnant. It doesn't mm -hmm. say she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, of course, you're like, well, how could she miscarry if she's not pregnant? Well, so that's the NIV Bible. Um, this is actually a debate. Like most people, a lot of people don't understand what's going on mm -hmm. when it says this. They're translating it. So they translate it to different things. But it's not really something we use that much. So, or they use. So it's like, what, what is it saying? So in my Bible, in ESV, verse 27, And when he has made her drink the water, then, if she has defiled herself and has broken faith with her husband, the water that brings the curse shall enter into her and cause bitter pain, and her womb shall swell and her thigh shall fall away, and the woman shall become a curse among her people. What? That's different. Mm 
What's it mean when it says, like, her thigh will fall yeah, away? Yeah, that's definitely very... That's weird. <laughs> kind of scary. What's that mean? Um, but then it says she'll become a curse among her people. And this is the kind of a turning point. What, Elizabeth? Yes. What is the most... What's, like, the worst thing a woman could do or have, like, in that culture? Like, what's, like, the like the most thing that you'd be ashamed of for, like... Like, even, like, um, Sarah, Abraham's wife, mm-hmm. and then Hannah. Yeah. Like, what was it? It was infertility, and especially if you couldn't have a son. But mm-hmm. overall, infertility. Like, if you couldn't have kids who yeah. could take care of you exactly. when you're older. If your husband died, and you didn't have a son, then you practically are doomed, because nobody will take care of you. And so that's why the emphasis on having a son was so important back then. Also, just to carry on the family name, and... All those important stuff. It was stuff. so embarrassing. It was, it was like... It, yeah, it was so embarrassing because back then, especially, like, women were... I mean, all around them, women were definitely not valued. But, like, think about, like, Sarah and, like, the importance of her, like, having a son and how all of these women, like, with Rachel and Leah and how they made, you know, Jacob sleep with their servants because it was like, you have to... You have to have sons. Like, having kids was such a incredible yeah. priority to them. And it's so. just, like, when you can't have kids. Yeah. Like, that was the worst thing. And so, so, like, looking back, you have to make sure that you, like, understand the culture when we look back at these passages mm-hmm. because it's such a different time than how we are living now. So. Yeah. And, um, oh, I just think the thigh falling away thing is so weird because in, in your version, it said she'll miscarry, which yeah. assumes that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. but this one... But if you put that combined, it's, like, all these things. You're, like, oh, she'll miscarry in the future. Yeah. She won't be able to have kids. Is your translation ESV? Yes. Isn't ESV the the most accurate? I'm not going to say the absolute most accurate, Isn't but I would say it is, it is, like... It's a, um, it's a literal translation. It's a yeah. word for word yeah. and not a thought for thought. Yes. Yeah. That's, I know, like, NLT is more thought for thought, which yeah. can make it easier to, like, understand when you're reading it, but ESV is, like, a good study Bible. Exactly. So you've got it. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. This passage is like, I, if I weren't studied on anything, I would be freaking out if I, if I were reading it in a different version. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would be like, wait, did God just say that she was going to have an abortion? Mm -hmm. Which, what if she was pregnant? What if she did? Like, like, what if she went to the priest and she did commit adultery and she did get pregnant? And now she's going to miscarry. Is God bad for, like, having her miscarry that baby? Mm-hmm. Are you asking me? Yeah. Well, is I'm he, just asking. Is he bad for making her miscarry? Yeah. Well, ultimately, I mean, there are definitely things that God will do that we don't understand. But God alone is the author of life and death. Yeah. So if he decides to call his little child home... For whatever reason, even if that reason seems unfair or unjust or just wrong, in our opinion, we know by God's character that he's good and loving and that he does love all the babies, even the ones that, you know, in the womb. So if he does decide to, then that's not wrong of him mm-hmm. because he can't do anything wrong. He's God. But it can be super hard for us to understand that sometimes. Yeah, especially because someone could turn that around on us and say, yep. well, then why don't you just kill them all? Like, you know, yeah. just like that. But the thing is, it's wrong for another person to intentionally kill an innocent human life. Yeah. 
but for God to do so, like you said, I liked how you said that he was the author of life. Mm -hmm. Like, he gives and he takes away from, what's that song? Like, Chris Tomlin. He gives and takes away. No, you get the, um, blessed be the name. Yo, like, that's, that's not like, Chris Tomlin. No, it's <laughs> yes. not. It's like Tree 63 or something. Yeah, but I do know that song, yeah. That's like, that's hard to sing, because if you're thinking about something, you're like, I don't want you to take it. But like, he, it's his. It is. It's all his. That baby's Even his. like, the own, like, our breath. Like, we're not, you know. This is, could be another talk and another question, but uh, one thing I thought, I've thought a lot about is, you know, even in the pro-life movement, we say, you know, human, human life is a right. And I do believe that you know, nobody, no human has the right to take another human's life. Oh, so of. have a whole, like, podcast about like, debating the death penalty and stuff. Yes, one okay. which we've also talked about. But, like, even the, the whole statement of human life is a right. Like, I have a right to live. Like, life is sacred. And I believe life is a gift. Mm-hmm. And no, but no other human has the right to take away somebody else's life because only God, who is the creator of life, can give and take away. So... Like, should we be saying human life is a right? Like, I'm entitled to live, you know? Even though, when it comes to, like, abortion, it's like, you you have every right to live the life that God has for you, and when you die, and all those other things, is up to him. But, like, as other humans. So, that's another yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're going to definitely have to do that, because my position would be a little bit different than Elizabeth. So, I yes, think we should we have... Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We, we should have, like, a whole bunch of different... We should have somebody who's on the, like, like someone like Sam, like, pro-death totally. penalty. Oh, yeah. Like, let's do it. Like, me, who's on the fence, like, I... Yeah, I'm not going to spoil my position, but... And then there's me, who's against it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, all of our positions are open to being changed totally. by scripture or yeah. sound arguments. But I think that'd be... That's good, Elizabeth. That's okay. Should... Next podcast, guys. Next podcast. Ooh. That we're going to have to do that. No spoilers. Don't tell Sam. I wrote some notes while we were um, listening to that. Um, she, she also, if you noticed, um, she said that, like... She said that there was also an Exodus passage, which we could probably get to some other time. I didn't like research it and look it up beforehand but I think I know what she's talking about oh oh that one yeah 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 yeah. I know what she's talking about and then um but she said women are seen as property and polygamy and all blah, oh blah, yeah blah, blah. only only guys can have or guys can have multiple partners and only women can have one and I was like where did she get that she's just bombing us with not true things she's like, probably talking referring to like how men did Oh, well, I thought she said, well, okay, that would make more sense. Well, it was like, you know, then there was like, uh, there's David and Jacob and Abraham and like, you don't find a woman who's like, I have all of these husbands. Yeah. It's just like, I, yeah. And I think maybe you'll see something like that and you'll see like, oh, Solomon had like 700 and something like concubines and wives and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, the Bible condones this, but it doesn't. It just is stating facts that these people messed up big, big, big time. Um, but when it says people are seen as property, so in other cultures, yeah. I need to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure this is this would be true. In other cultures, if a guy suspected his wife of adultery, like pagan, pagans that just kill her, like, you know, yeah. like they'll just, they'll, you know, like they, they won't be as sparing. He, mm-hmm. he suspects... I think she committed adultery. The loss is the the law is protecting women and exactly. saying, "Let's bring her to the priests and let God judge what happened." Yeah, and you have to th- again, like 
going back and thinking about that time, just like Jocelyn mentioned, is so important. And, you know. Hermeneutics. Like, that was something yes. the guy in that video had absolutely no hermeneutics. It was like, <laughs> in this one too. Yeah, like, they don't, they oh. don't think about the context. What was else was I going to say? Oh. Also, I heard somewhere when it's, I mean, this is, I can't think of a law off the top of my head that does this exactly, you know, but um, when it came to things like this, and how Justin just said that a man could just kill his wife if he suspected her of this, and how this law is protecting women. Um, there's other times when maybe a man would, oh, it's when, it's when a couple gets married, I can't remember what passage it, passage it is. Um, the, they get married, and then um, the husband, I think he, like, has sex with his wife, and then he either, he thinks that she's not a virgin or something, so then she has to, like, go to her parents, and her parents have to prove her virginity, how do they Before, prove that? I don't even know. It's something about, like, you bleed after you have, oh. after you lose your virginity because of, the, like, the hymen, for, like, the woman. Anyway, um, and then also, like, if the man, because I think my pastor was telling me this one time, I was like, even in that time, like, if you had accused your wife of that and then it turned out to be not true, like, you'd have to live with that embarrassment and that shame of saying that and accusing your wife of that. And then there's other laws that's like he can't divorce her for all his days because, you know, of that. So yeah. there's that too. So that's something that I noticed that, like, a lot of the times we'll see. That's really sexist. That's messed up. Like, yeah, in the Old totally. Testament, those same passages are the ones protecting women. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, like, the whole one about the, like, say a lady is, like, raped in the field and, I like, these other ones. This one, yeah. And I think, I, I sh- ah, shoot, I should have, like, we should have set it up so that we can talk about that one, too, but yeah. I don't have it in front of me, and, like, the arguments I would use would probably suck, because I haven't thought about them. Yeah. And written them Another down. podcast, guys. <laughs> We're on a roll. We um, Yeah, and I think that's just some good stuff that I think we just need to talk about, and if you are a Christian and you're doubting your faith because of some things that you've read or other people have told you, I think it's absolutely fine and and good Mm -hmm. to doubt just not to stay there absolutely like you should be questioning what you believe like you shouldn't have a blind faith if you do you should start asking questions like (laughs) you know god is is definitely big enough for your questions like he is stood the the test of time and i mean there's so many movies about like atheists who like i'm gonna prove god is real and then they totally like you know oh um Case for Christ. Yes! Case for Christ. um, Lee Strobel. I love that movie. Guys, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. You should read the book, too. Actually, I haven't read it. I have it on my shelf right there. There's also Let There Be Light, which is what Kevin Sorbro. Is that the... Oh, my um, gosh. He plays... Cold Case. He also plays in God's Not Dead. He plays the atheist. Oh, He plays the atheist in, like, every single movie, but he is, like, a super... He's totally pro-life. He is, like, a super strong Christian, an amazing guy, but he plays the atheist in, like, every Christian movie ever. Um, but he plays Let There Be Light, which is... I don't know what that is. I, the movie's on YouTube. Okay. I can send it to you. Um, it's about this guy who was an atheist, and his wife was not, and I can't explain it to you guys. Just go watch it. Let There Be Light. Um, yeah. That's, that's, I actually, I actually might want to see that now. Okay. Um, so one of the things, like, oh, we were talking about, like, you should ask the questions to people, and if the people, like, the strong Christians you know don't want to answer or, like, have, like, weak answers, or you feel like they don't really care, then find another Christian who knows what they're talking about who actually wants to answer, because they're out there, and you should be able to test your faith. 
Um, like, it doesn't matter what faith you have. If you're atheist, if you're New Age, if you're Muslim, like, Mormon, you should ask questions. Like, you know, like, there's a problem if you don't. And I think this is a really good question. And mm-hmm. the, one of the first step is, steps is to figure out the context and, um, like, anything be- behind it. Like, what's it talking about? What are the words, you know? Um, yeah, I just think it's so important. I had another thing that was like, oh, yes. Okay, this was it. So um, I'm not going to tell the whole story because I feel like it's not my thing to say. But uh, my friend in class one year um, ended up saying that her family was um, like they were flat earthers. And that was the first time I ever met anybody like that. And I was like freaking out. I was like, I went home. I'm like, dad, this girl, like I thought she was insane. I'm not kidding. I thought she was crazy. And, um, and, and I, I was like talking to my dad, I'm like, wait, what, why did they believe this? I'm like, can we look up, up and like research? Like, what do they think and why? And he said something that I'm never going to forget. I don't know where he got it from. The truth has nothing to hide. Wow. So if it's true, Dang. it can hold, like it can, oh, hold, absolutely. you know, totally. and if it's not, it's going to break. And, um, that is so good. Wow. Your dad is so smart. Wow. He is smart. If Shout you're listening to, to this dad, dad, dad you're really smart. And I like talking about things with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's an encouragement to all you people. And um, if we were actually big on the podcasting game, I would say send in your questions because we would love to like talk about them as teenagers who don't know a whole lot, but know enough to know that Jesus is Lord and like to research things. Right. Yes, definitely. And be pro-life. Yeah. I was about to tell them about our undercover mission. No, don't, no, 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 But I'm don't. not going to spoil it. So. Ha, 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 suckers. <laughs> <laughs> How should we end this on? Um, we, we should end like it a... on prayer. Okay. Would Just, you like to pray? No. You don't want to pray? Kidding. I can pray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time that you have um, given us to talk about your word and to come together and just to just ask the questions. Um, thank you for Jocelyn and who you've created her to be. And, oh, she's so amazing. I love her. <laughs> um, I pray that everybody who's listening would have a wonderful day and that they would know how much you love them. And I pray this all in your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pause for the amen. <laughs> thank you, guys, so much for Bye. listening. Bye. Love you, fam. See you. And this was Jocelyn and Elizabeth at Penal Code 423. Yes. Peace out.